people of Earth, we have come to upgrade your cosmic consciousness. DNA activation ready in three, two, one. Welcome to Q&A on Breakthrough Leadership. I'm Lou Quinto. I'm Craig Anderson. Today's topic that we're going to cover is looking at the dynamics that drive poor decision making. In an earlier podcast, we went ahead and talked about how to make good decisions, but let's go ahead and take a deep dive here to find out what are the obstacles that prevent us from making good decisions? What are those dynamics? And uh, we've listed them into three basic areas. One, uh, making decisions with your gut. Two, not having a formal process, and three, data and speed. Those are what we consider probably some of the biggest hurdles when it comes to decision making. So, making decisions with your gut. That's your intuition and your emotion, Craig, and I know that you like to go with your gut. I would say I think data is really important in the decision process, and you've got all the things we talked about in the other episode about collecting data, having criteria, all those things are wrong. But if there's something still gnawing you at the end of that process and it doesn't feel right, there's something either you didn't consider or it's just not where you ultimately want to go. And if you're not going to be behind it, I'm not sure it's a decision you want to go through with. And I think there's at least somehow, I almost think it's some, some subconscious thing that's just telling you there's just some piece of this you're missing. Because in my experience, when I go when I go with my gut, when I go against my gut, I can't think of the opportunities where it worked out well. Okay, all right. So and, that's me. Yeah, and, and basically, your gut is your instincts. It's an yeah. instincts of you know, patterns of your past experiences. Right. Okay, which leads to overrated intuition and then emotion. Uh, because uh, let's face it, every decision made, emotion right. is involved. Absolutely. And uh, so when you go with your gut, I, I always like to tell people, if you've got a decision that you need to sell up the food chain yeah. and you're going to make a decision on your gut, uh, Deming had a great quote, and that is, in God we trust. Everybody else, bring data. Yeah. And as you know, being in the positions that you've been in, you don't want someone to just stand up and say, well, well it feels like a good decision. Yeah. You're going to want the information behind that that's going to support that decision. No, and I get that. And I think typically it's the gut for me kicks in more when I when it's a decision to not act. Right. Uh, but yeah, I agree with you. You know, my time working for, for large banks, you didn't go to New York with a bunch of, uh, you know, on a wing and a prayer. You went to New York after spending a lot of time putting together your data. Yeah. To, to make the request that you want to make. So yeah. You know, yeah. I agree with that. Yeah, when it comes to the, your gut, I'm reminded of a quote from the movie High Fidelity, Nick Hornsby, at one point in the movie, he turns to everyone and he says, I've come to the realization since I was 14 years old that I've used my gut to make all of my decisions and I've just realized that my gut's full of shit. Yeah. So unfortunately, Nick had some bad decision making along the way. Someday we're going to pull pop culture references that aren't from the 80s and 90s. <laughs> all right. The next one is not having a formal process. Uh, in many instances, when it comes to critical thinking and trying to be a good facilitator in, in a group, if you don't have a formal process where people know, okay, step number one is we're going to define our decision. Step number two is we're going to define criteria. Then we're going to go gather our data. What ends up happening is it's all jumbled and your decision making becomes very unproductive. And so as I always like to recommend when I'm working with groups and doing some facilitation is we've got to have a formal process. It's almost like, you know, in church, everyone's on the same page in the hymnal at the same time. If not, some people have already made their decision and they're going to spend their time trying to support the decision that they believe it should be. Yeah. And you've got people who aren't ready to make a decision where they just want to gather more data, gather more information, you know, talk to more people. And at the end of the meeting, 
you don't have a decision and it's unproductive. And so, but when you have a formal process, it's like having an agenda for a meeting. Yeah. You know where you're going through the process. And yeah. so I tell people, you don't need to pull out a wall chart or, you know, come up with, with some big thing. But if you know the steps of decision making, you'll be able to make better decisions. Yeah, I think that's fair. And I, I think having the formal process is important. I think it's also to make sure you're pulling that through the organization, right? So with so many things, it starts at the top, right? You know, is it obvious that the leadership team is making decisions that way? And if they're modeling that behavior, then that decision-making process can flow through the organization. Mm -hmm. So as with all things, it's really incumbent upon leadership to set the tone for how we're going to make decisions in the organization. And then that actually will spread through the organization and ensure better decisions across. So really creating that model and then making sure you're distributing that model so all the teams have it, I think, is a key piece of this right. as well. And not only distributing it, but also coaching it. Yeah. So that if someone comes to you and says, I have a decision to make and I'm really stuck, I've got all this information, I've got all this you know, data that I'm looking at, the first question you can ask as a coach or a mentor is, what's your criteria? Right. And get them to focus on a process that they're using to go through that. So cool. works works well. Okay, uh, the last topic is, uh, and this is something that prevents a lot of good decision making, and that is one, the data issue. We can talk about data till we're blue in the face. Do yeah. I have enough? Do I not have enough? Uh, and then speed. We live in an environment where decisions really are, are best when they've made, been made yesterday. And so when you get to that decision making process and you're in a hurry, you end up being lazy and go with your gut. Yeah. And speed. In fact, I always like to tell, tell people that there's a, a natural force in critical thinking. The more time you spend on a decision, the more accurate it will be. The less time, the less accurate. Yeah. And it gives you time, you know, if you have more time to consult with other people, to talk to them about what they believe the needs are for this particular alternative or solution that you're going to implement. But if you have to make a quick decision, you miss out on all of that. No, I agree. I think, you know, I still think there's some opportunities for gut, but I think one of the things that's important here is in the team we put together, one of the things that I work with my clients, I work on with my clients is a tool called the Core Values Index. Mm -hmm. And part of that's kind of like how, you know, where you lean to in decision-making. There's, there's innovators who are gonna churn lots of different criteria. You've got bankers who are more about collecting all that data. You've got builders who are just gonna go, right? right? And merchants who are kind of the, the, the people side of the equation. The to have that representation on your team and have those tensions mm -hmm. and those strengths that comes right. from that, I think is really important. So you, you do want the person who's always coming up with the ideas, but you also want the person who's making sure that we have enough data. Right. And you want the person to make sure everybody's heard and you want the person who goes, okay, we're there, let's go. Right. And I think having that kind of, and so it's very intentional about building the teams you build, either at the leadership level or the right organization that are making decisions to know where people fit into that right. pattern, I think it's very helpful. Yeah, and there's different profiles too. As you were going through that, remind me of social styles. You have the analyticals, the amiables, the expressives, and the drivers, and they all approach ta tasks in different ways. Yeah. Where the analytical wants to look at data, just like the title is. The driver wants to push things through, doesn't want a lot of data. Let's get things done. Uh, the uh, you know the amiable is how, do, how are people going to feel yeah. about this particular thing, and they're going to deal with the emotional <laughs> side. I like the kind of how they feel. <laughs> yeah. I'm not that either, yeah. so I can identify. Yeah. Yeah. and then the expressives are your ID yeah. people, are your idea people, yeah. and they're the ones that are throwing out, hey, I got a great new idea. Yeah. So yeah, bringing a good cross section of those types of personalities together, very effective in doing that. But going back to the situation, you need to have the data, particularly if you're selling this out, and you need to make sure that you're taking enough time to make the decision. 
Yeah. If this is going to be a decision that's going to have an impact on a lot of people, I always tell people, why are you going to make the bad decision and break something that wasn't broken before, and now you have to go back and do a whole bunch of rework that's going to take more time and probably more resources than if you took the time up front and yeah. said, yes, we know we need to make a quick decision, but we need some extra time. And I'm not talking two, three weeks. I'm talking another 24 hours yeah. to make that decision. That's what I used to always hear a lot, and I thought it was a good point, was in the hiring process, right? Hire slow. That, you know, fire fast. Yeah. You know, make sure you're taking the time to make the right decision. You may lose some productivity if it takes you a little longer to get the right person, right. but you're going to gain that all on the back end. And so I think this, in this process, it makes a lot of sense to make sure you're getting the information you need and taking your time to make a good decision because it's, it takes a lot to unroll a bad decision. Right. And if there's anyone who knows anything about firing, it's you. That's a core competency apparently. <laughs> so, at any rate. All right. Key takeaways. I <laughs> talked about the dynamics of poor decision making. What do yeah. you see? Yeah. Well, I think you know. I think for me, there's still a part I, I don't, I don't like completely ruling out the gut. But I think it's more of going through all these other pieces are really important. Right. If there's doubts, that's where that gut comes in, and you need to dig in. Why? Why am I feeling this way? Why am I not feeling we've made a complete decision? Uh, so I think that's important, but I think having the process gives you the freedom to to kind of say, all right, where did we make it wrong? And I think that's, you know, my takeaway here is really having that process, taking your time to make that process, and acting, you know, appropriately is right. a really good way to get yeah. it. Yeah, and I, and I don't discount your gut, yeah. okay? But at the same time, if you're making a decision for yourself, you're the only person that impacts, go with your gut if you feel yeah. comfortable. But the minute one other person is brought into that mix, yeah. Guts change, yeah. and you need to find that common value, and that's where we start getting into having that process, being able to make sure that we've identified that criteria in advance, we have the data that we've taken care of, yeah. and so go with your gut, but validate your gut with yeah. that process, because you're, again, I'm not going to discount the gut, but at the same time, yeah. you need to validate it, particularly when you're in an organization, and you need to sell that decision up to get the authority or the permission yeah. to move forward with it, you just can't come in and say, trust me. Because trust but verify. Exactly. Trust but verify. Good. All right. So uh, thank you for uh, watching this episode of Q&A on Breakthrough Leadership. Uh, if you've liked this video, go ahead and click on the like button to subscribe to it also so you know when the next podcast is coming up. And hey, we'd appreciate it if you'd share it with your colleagues, put it out there for us on LinkedIn or whatever social media you prefer. We'd like to spread the word, so we appreciate your help. Okay, so thanks again. I'm Lou Quinto. I'm Craig Anderson.